On today's show, we're looking at the psychology behind saving. We're going to delve deep into that big brain of ours and ask the questions as to why we behave in certain ways when it comes to saving. At the end of the show, we hope to have helped you guys to understand the good and the bad habits humans have when it comes to saving, and most importantly, what we can do to improve them. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the Money Ed Podcast. Money Ed is an education platform for young adults who want to better understand personal finance and gain greater confidence in managing their money. Each week we'll address the important topics within personal finance that really matter to you in an informative yet easy to listen to approach. The best way to improve your personal finance is through education and we want to provide a place where you can learn outside of the classroom, office or lecture hall. What is going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Money Ed Podcast. It is Sunday the 19th of July and this is episode 5 of series 4 of the Money Ed Podcast. I hope you guys all had a really good week. It's been quite an interesting one for me because it's my first full week at work uh, and that's been great. And I actually spent the day in London yesterday for the first time since lockdown ended and it was really weird. Got the tube, had the mask on, was so sweaty. I don't know about you guys, it was so hot yesterday. And also, I wear glasses, so every time I breathe, my glasses fogged up, which was really, really annoying. <laughs> um, but no, it was nice to get out and just see London again. It was a bit weird being back. But anyway, on today's show, we're looking at the psychology behind saving. You know, we're going to really try and explore why we behave in certain ways and why we have certain views of, you know, saving. And also just kind of try and understand like different biases and how we can affect those and make them better so they don't impact our savings so much. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about last week's episode, which was all about breaking down ICEs. This show was super important for anyone who, you know, really wants to better understand ICEs and, you know, why they're so helpful and such good savings vehicles uh, for us. In the show, we talked about the four main ICEs on offer and also two, you know, less kind of more minor ICEs that, you, that are still available and most importantly, how we can benefit from them. So if you missed that episode, I'll leave a link in the show notes below as always so you can go check it out. If you have any questions from this show, you can get in touch with us by emailing us or following us on Instagram and dropping us a DM there. We're always replying to messages and you know we really appreciate any feedback or any questions you guys have and we really want to help you guys as much as possible. So if you have any questions at the end of this show or just generally about personal finance and need some help, get in touch and hopefully we'll be able to solve your problems. And finally, guys, if you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it if you left a review. You know, the more reviews we receive, the more people that are likely to see the show as it climbs the charts and the more people that are likely to benefit from learning about personal finance and taking control of their money. But that's enough of the boring stuff. Let's get straight into today's episode. So as I've done in each series, I've dedicated an episode towards, you know, understanding how our brain, our emotions, our behaviors impact our personal finances. And... While it might be slightly unorthodox and, you know, slightly different to what you guys are usually used to, I generally think it's one of the most important parts of, you know, money and managing our money and personal finance that we should understand. Because as I always say, you know, if we're able to identify why we have certain views, why we act in certain ways that possibly negatively affect our personal finance and our money, we'll be able to make positive changes and improve it. And hopefully in the long term, that will improve you know, our, our personal finances and our ability to manage money. Every aspect of our personal finances is going to be affected by our emotions and behaviours. And that really is no different for saving. In fact, I feel like because, 
because saving is generally associated with you know larger amounts of money and we have personal goals and we're a lot more invested i think in our savings it's actually probable that saving is affected the most by our brain and you know our views you know in the 1930s john maynard Keynes, who was a, a famous economist actually predicted that as people became wealthier and had more money at their disposal they would actually save more but in fact what he actually found is that as people became more wealthier they actually didn't save more and it was clear that it, there are a number of you know social and psychological factors that influence that and it's a classic thing you know like when you have more money you're likely to spend more because you you can because you have that thing you have the ability to but i think the role of you know psychology and our behaviors and you know why we do things does play a massive part so i thought we'd start off by just talking through through a few things of you know what influences our saving and our views of saving and i read an article recently which i'll share in the show notes below and in the article one of the first things he talks about is actually the importance of culture in our saving and i found this really fascinating because in countries you know in like such as japan china you know predominantly asian countries saving is quite a natural thing and is is always been something that uh, people have done it's very well accepted that putting away money for a rainy days is quite important and that's actually you know in stark contrast to you know westernized countries like the uk like the us where there's a much bigger focus on you know immediate consumption and fascinatingly in line with culture there was a behavioral scientist who actually found that the underlying structure of a nation's language can actually affect the you know people's ability to save and this is something i'd never ever come across before and it's basically the idea that people who speak a future language you know which is a language that you know draws a strong distinction between the future and the present find it more difficult to save because their language is constantly reminding them that they they are postponing gratification to a, you know a different period in time and the opposite can be said for people who speak a futureless language so one that doesn't distinguish between the future and the present you know these people should find it much easier to save because delayed gratification doesn't involve any delay that is you know particularly noticeable to us and you know this is a very very like brief explanation of that thing and because I could probably take a whole show talking about that specific topic. But I'll share the article I read in the show notes below. But this is just one example of how like deep-rooted some of our influences can be on us. You know, I guarantee none of you thought that you're, the, the language you speak would influence how you save. Or I know we've spoken in the past that, you know, different cultures have different views on money. And that's, you know, that's I think that's very understandable for a lot of people. But, you know, a language... Uh, it honestly it baffled me so much when I first read it and it took me a while to get my head around it but it's really really interesting and it, I guess and as I said it just shows how much how like many influences how many subtle influences you know subconscious influences there are that impact our personal finances but another one I've spoken about before actually and another influence on us with our personal finance in general and is our external environment and most importantly you know parental influence you know our environment growing up is always one of the most influential factors on our personal finance you know while while our environment as a child may not directly influence our saving it's the indirect influences that usually affect how we save and how we manage our money in the long run 
a study in 2015 found that you know if we saved as a child and we were used to that doing that we were actually more likely to save effectively as an adult but interestingly enough it's not the opposite you know it's not kind of the vice versa so the same study found that saving behaviors of our parents had no bearing on their children and I was actually quite surprised when I first read this because you know as I've spoken about before and as many of you know you know I've read numerous times that it's our parents that tend to have the biggest influence on our financial habits and our views of money you know we've discussed how parents influence our attitude towards you know investing and spending and there's no doubt that our parents subconsciously and also sometimes consciously imprint their views onto us but thinking about it it does make more sense that our saving isn't so impacted because I don't know about you guys, but you know, when I was younger, you know, I never asked my parents about how much money they had saved up. And I certainly didn't see it. You know, it's, it's not common for your parents to talk about what they have in their savings, but it's much more common to talk about, Oh, like how much money they earn. Cause you see, you can see how much money they earn. Um, you know, you can see, that if they've got a higher income, they're going to be buying nicer things. You're going to be living in a nicer house. You're going to be on going on bit better holidays. So you can actually see that, but you can't see, you know, savings and working. You can't like see it in in process. And I think that's how the study was able to come to this conclusion. You know, we we don't visibly see our parents' savings. So as children, we're less likely to ask about it, and therefore less likely to be influenced by it. You know, I personally didn't ask my parents. You know, what was in their ISA. Um, but maybe you guys did, I don't know. Um, and perhaps because of that, you know, if you did ask your parents about their saving habits, maybe you've been, you're more influenced by what they did and what their views are. And I guess what we can conclude from this is that a lot of your views and why we have, why we have certain behaviors towards money, be that saving, investing, anything, but particularly saving, it, it kind of comes down to what you're exposed to. You know, if you're aware that you had a less fortunate life because your parents didn't save, you know, that may give you the mentality to save more so that you don't experience a similar thing. But perhaps it also goes the opposite. You know, the study I mentioned earlier said that children who had allowances and pocket money were less likely to save. And I think what the what the you know study does highlight is that shaping the saving behaviours of children can have a long lasting effect on their financial behaviours as they grow up. Um, but to be honest, that doesn't really surprise me, you know, many of us know how important our childhood is, you know, on influencing our future behaviours and actions. And as I've said, I've spoken about it loads on the show before. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that the study came to this conclusion. But how can we, you know, reduce the impact? You know, it's very difficult to, we can't go back in time and ask our parents to talk about saving, you know. We have to try to change you know, deep-rooted views and feelings. And I think the most important thing we can do is just simply to understand why we hold these views, you know, where they come from. And once we do this, we'll know what we need to change in order to save better. Unfortunately, we haven't discovered the time machine, so, you know, we can't go back in time to our childhood. But we can learn from different resources available now. We can learn why our parents saved and maybe why that's influenced us. And I think also a lot of the time we don't realise what we're doing because it's so ingrained in us and it is essentially a habit. And as we spoke about on previous shows, you know, changing a habit can take a long time. So perhaps, you know, to combat these things, try to get into behaviours, you know, setting reminders, alarms, 
something that may trigger you to behave in a certain way and go against your previous bad saving habits. Um, but I think most importantly, and one of the best things you can do is just to challenge your views and question what you do and why you do it. And I think by challenging what you, like your actions today, um, you'll it would kind of influence you going forward and the results you get from it could be very interesting. So that's just a little thing to think about, you know, while we start the show is, you know, these kind of external influences, you know, our environment, how that impacts us. But I thought now we'd move on to talking about, you know, how our saving is influenced internally. So from our brain. People always, you know, give a number of excuses as to why they haven't been able to save. And it's really common that, you know, personal finance pages talk about this. But, you know, how often do you hear people say, you know, I don't earn enough to save or my expenses are too much, you know? It's most likely that while they may say this, the real reason they're not saving isn't economic, but it's actually psychological. You know, often we associate a lack of saving with increased spending, but actually a common reason for this is that people believe that things will get better so the idea that kind of you're not saving now because you know you anticipate something's going to get better so that you can save in the future people think their lives are going to improve and they're suddenly going to like earn more money for example so they convince themselves that they don't need to save because eventually more money will be coming in anyway and so um, you won't need to save now because you'll have more to save later and this is a this is what psychologists call false optimism and it's basically a distorted image of the future that actually bears no relation to like evidence available. So you're basically making up a future occurrence based on nothing but optimism. Um, and, you know, it's really common. It's common that people do this. You know, it's, it's, it's rife within personal finance, within investing, where people, I'm going to use investing as an example because it's really common where people will look at the past performance of, uh, you know, a market or an asset and it's done really well. And because of that, they think, oh, it's definitely going to do better in the future. But how often do you kind of hear, hear kind of disclosure statements being like, our oh, past performance isn't a prediction of future performance, whatever. And it's the same in saving. And this is this whole like false optimism thing is the same thing. So, you know, like we, we kind of, we create this idea that things are going to get resolved based on nothing but hope really. And this can be quite damaging because a person will put off saving for longer and longer, hoping that things will improve when the likelihood is that they won't. You know, I actually fell foul to this last year, you know, for a period of time, you know, I wasn't saving because I thought to myself that I would have a job and start earning enough to save. Um, and this is the thing, I don't even really know what that means because everyone has enough to save. But, you know, a year later and I've only just secured my job now and unfortunately I don't have um, that much saved up because I had this mindset that, you know, I'm eventually going to be earning more money and... I'm going to be able to save more. And that is a, a classic example of false optimism. Like I, in me, I knew I was eventually going to get a job, but I didn't know when. So I was just putting off saving more and more. Um, and I feel, and as I said, that this is on a personal level because it has affected me and I'm sure it's affected a number of you as well. Um, but this also runs similar to a, something that's called the Peter Pan syndrome, which it basically says that people refuse to take responsibility of their future because they assume that it will get sorted out by something, be it someone else, be it yourself later down the line. And this is quite similar to wait, so the whole the whole like Peter Pan syndrome is 
is essentially that you know you you refuse to take responsibility because you think an adult another adult is gonna solve that for you when in reality we all know that when the shit gets tough you're the only one who can get yourself out of it and this is basically this is very similar to you know waiting to see if life's gonna just get better as we said with as we spoke earlier with the false optimism thing and this way is you're simply just delaying responsibility which means we don't tackle the issues today I think that's really important because especially with saving you know because saving is such a long-term thing for a lot of people it can be quite difficult to you know think about you know your your money longer term and especially if you're uh, you've got th- you've got you've got financial things to think about now and financial issues to think about now um but, you know there are other personality traits that have a big influence on our ability to save and this is the, th- the thing with saving and I'm sure you guys will agree is that a lot of the time we don't save because we're unable to save but instead it's cuz we're unable to stop spending and therefore we just don't have any money to save you know our spending has a direct effect on the amount we save simply because the more money we spend simply the less money we have in our account to save and you know these are inextricably linked to things like emotional spending also and you know we spoke about it in the last series um and you know we all know how dangerous this can be and what this shows is that only half the job of saving and thinking about saving is about saving, if that makes sense. The other half is actually about managing your spending and your outgoings enough so that you can save the right amount. In the last series, we spent a lot of time understanding why we spend and why you know we do these things. And you know, I'll leave a link in the show notes below because I think you, there are two shows you should listen to together because they are both linked. So I'll share a link to the the psychology behind spending, which we did last series. Because what I tried to draw into you guys last series is that actually we should be allocating money we want saved, much like a fixed cost. So essentially it leaves our account at the start of the month so that we can't touch it or are tempted to use it. And, you know, this is a simple way we can prevent our emotions and behaviours from affecting our saving because if that money's already gone and we can't even see it, you know, then we, there's, there's no money to kind of worry about or think about or there's no money to let our emotions take a hold of because it's already gone and you don't see it. And that's a that's a really, you know, simple tip that I think everyone should, if you're saving for something, you know, don't wait until the end of the month to allocate your savings goal or, you know, allocate that money to your savings account, whatever. Do it on the first day of the month when all your bills go out. Also have the money you want saved, leave your account then. It is really simple and again, it just prevents you from ever like wanting to touch it. But I think what this, what, like what the kind of last five minutes we've been speaking about just kind of shows that, kind of shows how difficult it is to battle our emotions because our emotions, you know, they feel so natural to us. And I don't know if, you, I'm sure you guys, maybe you might agree, you may disagree, but this is the one thing I always say is instead of trying to just say that, you know, our emotions don't impact are saving and emotions don't play part in our personal finances instead of you know just pushing them to the side and ignoring them accept your emotions accept what you do and how they influence you but with that acceptance also try to affect change and try to you know challenge yourself as i said at the start of the show you know challenge your views and your opinions and ask yourself is this the best way i could be looking at money is, is it a healthy way of looking at money and that's an important part because a lot of people don't like to accept they're wrong. I think that's a massive part of 
how our emotions and how our brain influences personal finance in general but also saving you know we don't want to accept that the way we're saving might be wrong and you may see your friends maybe your friends do the same thing as well so you just want to kind of do what they do because you think it's right but actually maybe if you dig deep down into it you might realize that actually your savings or the way you're saving and the, the kind of the behaviors you have to saving save aren't actually as good as they could be and i think you know that's a very mature thing to do is to look at yourself and realize that you're doing something wrong uh because as i said no one likes to accept that they're doing something wrong or no one likes to see fault in what they're doing and a massive part of personal finance and if you, and if you're on a personal finance journey and you're as a, hopefully if you're listening to the show you're looking to improve the way you manage your money the way you view money just your personal finances in general if you're on this journey then I'm ho- I hope that you would be willing to accept these changes and you'd be willing to make compromises and accept that maybe you weren't doing things right or you didn't know as much as you you first thought and as with all the kind of previous shows where I've touched on psychology and how they influence us this is a massive part of it is making change in yourself because once you do that as I've always said then you're just able to improve and improvement is a good thing like you're, you're progressing you're growing up we're at, you know in our 20s we go through so much change we experience so many different things good and bad and we have to really be able to adapt and part of that adaption is changing what things you do and changing the way you behave and your views you know the likelihood is that throughout your 20s you're gonna have a view of one thing at the start and then by the time you finish it's going to completely change that can not even not even just focus your money it can be political it can be uh a social you know it can be about the environment it can be about anything you know you're gonna be influenced by different things as you grow up because your view of the world changes your priorities change and that is the same with money and that's the same with saving you know if you're in your early 20s let's say you just moved into london for example you want to have fun you want to go to the pub every week you want to see a mate you want to socialize because it's what you want to do in your 20s it's fun um you might not you might not want to do that that's absolutely fine you might just want to stay at home and chill like you can do whatever but as you grow up you might have an aha moment where you realize okay i've got a stop spending so much on socializing and start saving or you might have the aha moment well actually i've stayed at home for quite a while now i'd quite like to just go out and do things and see the world a bit more um either way like you that's what is trying to just give an example of how your views will change um and that aha moment is a massive thing i was talking with a friend a couple of weeks ago about it and i think everyone in life and through your 20s you eventually realize you have this aha moment where you think okay, maybe I've got to stop going to the pub every week and spending loads and I've got to start putting money aside, especially if you have personal finance goals. If you have if you have goals like, say, saving for a house, then eventually you're going to have to start making sacrifices. And I think the aha moment is when you realise that, when you realise that actually you want to maybe think a bit longer term and you want to try and affect change in your life that will bring you, get you to your goal faster. For example, a saving a house, you know, Saving for a deposit is not easy and it takes a lot and it's usually one of the hardest things to do, to save for. And actually, 
interesting enough, I think I think it's something like still like forty percent of uh, money borrowed for deposits is from the bank of mum and dad, uh, and that just shows you know how difficult it is to save for a deposit, and you need this extra support. Um, but regardless of the extra support and you know the bank of mum and dad sort of thing, there's going to be a time when you have to accept that you're going to have to change things. You maybe it's because you're starting a family and you just start saving for your child. As I said, maybe you move in with your partner. You know, the twenty. As I said at the start of this, you know, when you go through your twenties, you go through a lot of change, and with that change, your views are going to change. So that was a, a, kind of a slightly. I'm sorry if I went off tangent a little bit. Again, I tend to do this. I start going into kind of life planning management mode. Um, but just quickly circling back around to personal finances and saving, the whole point of this was to say that your views on saving are likely to change as you grow up through your 20s. So being able to accept that is a massive part of it and it's a massive part of life in general. But, you know, I, d- I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I think it's a massive, massive part of it. And, you know, before so before we finish, I just wanted to kind of touch on one more point and it kind of delves into the whole idea of talk, of biases that we have in us because you know humans naturally biologically are not designed to manage money well simply because of how much how important emotions are in our day-to-day lives and there are a number of biases that affect us in ways that a lot of the time we can't really even comprehend they subconsciously affect us and we can't really do anything about it but when it comes to saving there's one bias that really affects us more than ever and I'm sure a lot of you will be able to relate to it and it's it's the fact that we and it's something I was touching on just before it's the fact that we tend to prioritize our current desires over long-term goals and that is natural in in western society because of kind of we've become a very um materialistic we've become a very kind of instant gratification society and this is known as present bias and it often leads us to give into the temptation of spending our money now to, as i said to provide that instant gratification for example you know if you want to buy a new phone or you want to have a, a boozy dinner out you know you'd rather do that than set funds aside for a rainy day and it's a natural thing and also you know it's not made easier by the fact that companies play on this and they play on this present bias and they make us want to spend more and you know marketing companies have pushed it as well it's massive and I've always believed we're a generation of short-term thinkers, you know, our parents and their parents were always saving, whereas now in the 21st century, we are, yeah, we're short-term thinkers, we want to spend, we want to live the life today. Um, I don't know if, I mean, some of you may disagree with that, I'm certainly in the camp where I do think far ahead, I do like to plan my future, or, you know, relatively plan it, Um, and a lot, but the majority of people live today, you know, the amount of people who go month to month, paycheck to paycheck, but they're still kind of going out every weekend sort of thing. Um, and because of this, because we're short term thinkers and we have this present bias, it can be difficult for us to plan ahead. And then also, therefore, it's difficult for us to save for our long term future. You know, as I said, whereas pre- in previous generations, it was ingrained into them to save. For us, it's kind of the opposite because we've grown up in this society where you should spend and material goods is great. And I think, if anything, this change has, you know, exacerbated the problem. And I don't know if you guys agree, but I'm hoping, you know, 
this is something that will change. But I think also, as I said before, as we grow up, this will just naturally change. You know, we'll stop having this present bias because we'll have other priorities longer term. We'll have longer term goals. You know, even if like even let's say you don't want to buy a house, you don't want to start a family. You know, these kind of classic times in our lives when our personal finances will change and our view of money will change. You're still just going to go. Th- you're going to have your own personal experiences, which make you want to change the way you manage your money for example you might want to save up enough to travel the world and in that case you're gonna have to save up a lot of money likewise you know i was talking again i was talking to a friend about uh this fire movement you know financially independent retire early which is actually the topic of next week's show but it's it's this whole idea that you have this aha moment and you have to you just save aggressively in order so that you can live the life you want and retire early sort of thing and that's the thing so I think this present bias is massive when we're young and in our 20s and that's where we are now we're in our 20s at the moment so present bias is probably going to impact us the most because it's just natural for us you know we're at that time in our lives where we're getting money we're earning money for the first time and so we want to spend it and we want to do these fun things Um, but that's just you know that's one bias that can affect us and I don't want to delve into all the biases, the different biases we have today, because um, we can, we know we're nearing the end of the show. But also, I just wanted to touch on the present bias because it's, it's, I think it's most relatable to us as you know, twenty somethings. Um, but what I'll do is I'll share an article in the show notes below where you can learn all about the different biases that impact us. And the thing with biases and you know, a lot of you know, psychology around money and behavioral finance is very tailored to kind of investing. So on in our next series in the investing series we're gonna you know have a great discussion on the different biases that impact in investing but i just wanted to talk talk about present bias because i think it's very important and very relatable for us today so that's it for this week's episode and i didn't want to you know spend too long uh talking about you know and going into great detail i kind of want to just talk to you guys about and just summarize some of the things and the influences that can impact our saving. And just briefly, you know, summarizing the show, we, you know, we spoke about, you know, external influence, external influences on our saving. I'm losing the ability to speak now. Uh, we've, we've looked at the personal influences and behaviors that impact us. And we've also summarized, you know, these and how we can kind of improve them. And then again, at the end of the show, we kind of had a brief intro into biases and, a present bias and why it's so important to understand it and the theme I just want to get through to you guys is throughout these shows and especially you know when we're looking and talking about the psychology behind saving and spending and why we hold certain views is that you can affect change and you can make change in your life to improve your personal finances because it's all well and good you know using these great technology apps using different budgeting methods whatever but if you don't change the way you view money and your understanding of how your brain works you're always going to fall back into these bad habits and be influenced by these biases so that's the point of these shows I just want to kind of get you guys thinking and challenging yourself and you know questioning why you do things but as I said that's it for this week's episode next week we are I've got a special guest coming on and we're discussing the fire movement which is financial independence retire early and it's a really really good show you know the guy i spoke to is super passionate about it and also super intelligent and it's a movement that's growing quite a lot and 
you know, I think it's a really good show and yeah, I think you're really gonna enjoy it. So check out that one next week. Again, it'll be out on Monday. Um, if you have any questions about the show, uh, you can check out all the links in the show notes below where, you know, I'll share all the kind of good content I use to understand, better understand this. And as always, I'll share our contact details. So our email address and our Instagram page where you guys can get in touch with us. And as always, I will be posting throughout the week um, and building on what we've spoken about today. So have a great week, guys. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I really hope you enjoyed this week's show. And as always, guys, stay safe, keep spending, keep saving, keep doing what you're doing and I'll chat to you next week.